Chapter 5. Evangelical Repentance I believe I am now in a better position to speak to Mr Howe about this matter and feel I should do so. At that time I had acted as a private church member and not with the authority of the church because I was neither a deacon nor an elder. Had I public office to act for and on behalf of the church then I could have asserted the church's doctrinal position and taken the matter up with Mr Howe as far as it was necessary, in order to show our differences for the truth's sake and Mr Howe's good. I now feel I should have been even more open with Mr Howe over our position and doctrinal statements. We were a gospel standard cause, and in that light it was only right to explain and discuss differences in doctrine with any visitor. At that time I knew Mrs Everett, a prominent member of the Beerton Church, had erroneous views as to the doctrine of repentance towards God, and that since we were now a gospel standard cause, as a church we had committed ourselves to defend those articles set out in the gospel standard articles of religion. Mrs. Everett's false views came to light when she rejected the use of the term evangelical repentance, used by Mr. J. Tanton, who preached at Beerton earlier in the year in 1982. The matter she raised at the church meeting on the 13th of October 1982. Mrs Everett also made mention of the fact that Mr Tanton had used the word evangelical repentance to which she objected, since there was no such mention in the scripture, which action the church ought to take was not specified. However, no response from the remaining members by way of objection was made. The secretary, which was myself, reminded the church of Article 26 of the Gospel Standard Causes, where our position was specified as to our responsibilities or otherwise of men towards God in this matter. I wrote immediately to Mrs Everett to help sort out some of her views in respect to this subject. Here is my letter to Mrs Everett, 30th of October 1982. Read the terms evangelical repentance used by Mr Tanton during his preaching engagement on the Lord's Day evening the 19th of September 1982. May I offer for your consideration the following thoughts on the subject above. The term evangelist, as used in the scripture, means one who announces good tidings. Acts 21 verse 8, Ephesians 4 verse 11, and Timothy verse 2 and 5. All Protestant churches since the Reformation were known as evangelical churches. The term repentance is another scriptural word. Acts 22 verse 21, Acts 3 verse 19, John 16 verse 7 and 8. Matthew 5 verse 4 and many other places mentioned. The nature and kinds of repentance the scripture mentions are various. There is a natural repentance which the light of nature and natural conscience dictates. Romans 2 verse 4 and 5. There is a national repentance, an outward humiliation for sin, such as Ahab exercised, 1 Kings 21 verse 29, and such had Tyre and Sidon exercised would have remained until the day of the Jews if they were privileged as the Jews were by the preaching and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a hypocritical repentance which the children of Israel exercised when in the wilderness. See Psalm 78 verse 34 to 37 and Hosea chapter 7 verse 16. There is a legal repentance which is a mere work of the law which in time wears off and comes to nothing, both of which Pharisees, Pharaoh and Judas exercised. Exodus 9 verse 27, Matthew 27 verse 4 and Cain. Genesis 4 verse 3, all of which may be experienced by reprobates and is none other than the sorrow of the world 
which worketh death. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10 There is an evangelical repentance to which Mr. Tantum referred to in his ministry, although he did not draw the distinctions just mentioned. This evangelical repentance is not a duty but a free grace blessing and a gift of God for which, our Article 26 contends, is not the duty of all men. It may be called evangelical repentance for such penitent sinners derive comfort, consolation by the gospel, since, through the blessing of the blood of Christ, which, when applied to the conscience, it cleanses from all unrighteousness, it flows from the free grace of God. His Spirit, who reproves of sin and enlightens the eyes to see the exceeding sinfulness of sin, to which the gospel invites such men to rest in Jesus Christ, and of which are many references, Proverbs 28, verse 13, 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 to 9, Isaiah 4, verse 7, Jeremiah 3, verse 12 to 13, Luke 24, verse 47, Acts 5, verse 31. Those who experience this blessing are the elect only, and it is a gracious privilege, and the gospel exhorts them to exercise. A full treatment of this subject may be found in Dr. John Gill's Body of Divinity under the subject of repentance towards God. Dr. Gill is held in high regard by the Gospel Standard Minister to which both Mr. Gansby, William Huntington, John Warburton, John Kershaw and Mr. Philpott pay particular respect. A further exposition has appeared in the Gospel Standard magazine, September 1967, to which I would refer you to for further explanation. Trust in this will be of some help, because... Since joining our church, I have been exercised over this matter and am persuaded that our Article 26 expresses a scriptural view, although the wording is in need of clarification. Yours, with Christian regards, David Clark. To my letter, Mrs Everett stated that my points were not relevant to her objecting to the term evangelical repentance, and she had spoken to another minister, and he too agreed with her there was no such thing as evangelical repentance. I never did find out the underlying reason for anyone rejecting the term evangelical repentance, nor would Mrs. Everett state who the minister was she had asked about this matter. This problem was directly connected with Mr. Howe, for he had now approached the Beant Church to partake of her communion. Connected because we had recently become a gospel standard cause, no scriptural references to the added articles of 1878 of the Gospel Standard Strict Baptists. Also, in his view, that stand mentioned in the Articles of Religion could not be supported by scripture. This matter Mr. Howe mentioned to me sometime during 1972 to 1976. At that time, I had not closely studied the Gospel Standard position, but I did reject the notions of duty faith and duty repentance of which Mr. Howe maintained. I was obliged to support my view entirely from Scripture and answer his objections from first principles without reference to any articles of faith. I had read Mr. Howe's views in a book written by A.W. Pink, but I did not agree with him on this matter. The book entitled was The Total Depravity of Man. My concern when Mr. Howe asked to partake of the communion at Beerton was that we were in disagreement over these issues and the church was now a gospel standard cause. So how could Mr. Howe now wish to join with us in our communion? The concerns that I had were those if the views of Mrs. Everett were held and taught by others in the church and I taught the truth of the scripture, then it would appear to our visitors we were not of one mind and at variance. At that time I realised there was a difficulty if I spoke to Mr. Howe over his views on repentance and saving faith because had I advanced what I considered to be a biblical position 
as specified in our Articles of Religion and acted on that occasion as a church representative, while some of our members advanced different views and denied evangelical repentance, then we would have been out of order as a church. I began to realise folk were not clear in their thinking and in error in their doctrine as regards repentance towards God and their understanding of our Articles of Religion. The matter had to be put right, but the way to do it, it was not clear to me. People were generally of the opinion that if you left a matter alone, it would all clear up in the end. I'm not of that opinion. Nevertheless, the matter never was settled in a biblical way.